Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, welcome everybody. This is Man Up, and we're glad you're here. And uh, where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. We're in Sugarland Baptist Church, just outside of Houston. <clears throat> I'm here with the distinguished panel. I'm going to go ahead and uh, go around the room and introduce them, and uh, then I'll let them introduce themselves and talk a little bit about the lesson. Uh, my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a uh, sales type. And uh, I'm going to be the director of the Man Up. This is based on the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship. This is geared for men. We're putting the man back into men. That's the mission of us, creating Christian leadership. Hope you enjoy this podcast. And and fellas, in, in case you didn't know, not only are we on SoundCloud, we're also on iTunes. And one of our, da- one of our daily podcasts, we've been doing this 25, this is, uh, what, 26. We were number seven, right behind Joel Osteen, which was pretty awesome. So, anyway, <clears throat> we have a great panel today, <clears throat> and we are in the called to serve <clears throat> Uh, literature by Baptist Way Press. Going through that, it's been some great lessons. And with me uh, today on the panel, we have Michael Cropper, who happens to be an attorney. He's a prosecutor. We call him the judge. We also have Robert Koshu, who is a world-class trainer for a Fortune 500 company. You're never going to find a smarter guy, and we call him the professor. <laughs> We have an insurance guy. I call him a, a, a risk guy. But he also happens to be our deacon. And that's Mr. Kyle Trahan. And it's great having this panel of men here. Uh, and before I get started, normally what you'll hear me introduce is Steve Titch, who's a regular on our podcast. However, Steve had a little accident in his home. I wouldn't in his call it little. hospital. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fact. I saw I, I, I saw him, and the fall got the best of him. And uh, we were actually thinking about going to have this podcast recorded at his hospital room. And I'll tell you what, there's so many cables and wires and stuff, and he was still kind of out of it. So oh, we're going to yeah. leave that for a... And I told him we could let him phone in, um, but he... He was, he was pretty much out of it, so we'll give him some time to heal. But he is a, uh, a policy writer, intellectual, but also a professional gambler, and which is, always brings a unique perspective to this lesson. And so with that, thanks so much for tuning in, and I'm going to f- first turn it over to, uh, to the judge. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, if you joined us last week, you remember we talked about... Uh, the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit, and Bill led us in that particular um, discussion. And this week we are on serving in a, as ambassadors of reconciliation. Uh, and of course, the the very basis of that is our relationship with Christ, because we cannot be ambassadors of reconciliation until we first have a 
till we are reconciled to Christ ourselves and to His Father. And uh, the reconciliation to God the Father was through uh, Christ setting his, his life on the cross for us. Excellent. Robert. Yeah. Uh, Professor. I, it, this is one of those big theological terms that we have a lot. And so I pulled out my Baker's Dictionary of Theology and I'm just going to go with, and I'm going to leave it there, the definition of reconciliation from there. Reconciliation is a change of personal relations between human beings or between God and man. By this change, a state of enmity and estrangement is replaced by one of peace and fellowship. Now, Excellent. Just leave it there kind of is a good kickoff. Just so I know where we're headed and what we're talking Beautiful. about. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Deacon Kyle Trahan. Hey, good evening, everyone. Um, you know, this is uh, it's really a great lesson. Um, you know, again, myself, oh, thank you for catching that, I think, at the wrong, uh, being raised Catholic, you know, I get such an interesting oh, perspective, yeah. um, because we didn't grow up learning the Bible or, or anything else, you know, so I, I still consider myself an infant a lot of times when I'm reading some of these things, even though I may have read it once before, it's almost like the first time I've ever read it in a lot of instances, and so I just love being here, and and get the perspective from everybody else to broaden my own perception and, and knowledge of, of God's Word. And, and that's the beautiful thing. And I'm going to go ahead and read our scripture lesson. Uh, and it's 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. And one thing about this stuff, and I'm just going to throw this out here before. You know, I basically, I, I've been in church my whole life. I never really had that eureka moment, I, but I just always believed. And I've read these stories hundreds of times. The thing about it is, though, it, the meaning has changed as I have changed in the seasons yes. of my life. So although the story is the same, what I take out of it is different. And especially for men out there, we feel that men are leaders, and whether you like it or not, you are a leader. You're a leader in your family. You're a leader in your circle of influence, whether it's your community, your job. You are a leader, and you need to think about it like that as you go through these lessons. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture real quick. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 11 through 21. Since then we know what is, is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And this is from God, who reconciled us 
to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassador, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you guys remember Lynn, who was a member of this class? Lynn Pilcher. Yeah. Lynn Pilcher. Okay. We talked about him last and, night. Did you really? Yeah. He, he had, a, and I have to give him this quote. He said that <clears throat> you don't accept God. You stop rejecting God. There, there's a lot to that when you look at reconciliation. Because yes. it really is God making the sacrifice to reach to us when you look at it and us having to accept that reconciliation. Right. The hand is stretched out from right. God. You have to decide to reach up and mm-hmm. grab that hand mm-hmm. and stop rejecting it, the offer. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in our class, and I don't know about yours, Professor. Um, the fellas here, the deacon and the judge, were talking about reconciling on a people part. Right. Well, I, mean, I, I had the reconciliation. I mean, that, that's just one element. The other is reconciling the inside of you with the spirit. Right. Well, there's there's three levels of reconciliation that goes on when you deal with reconciliation. There's God reconciling himself to man, mm-hmm. which obviously that is the ultimate reconciliation. Then, as you just alluded to, there is that interior reconciliation that we have to do with our sinful nature, with our new creation in God, where we have to reconcile those two parts together and as you also alluded to, that can be a never-ending battle because we are creatures, we're sinful by nature. You know, we try to do, but, you know, we're just guys. And so there is there is that tension constantly. And then there is the third level where we're called to be ministers of reconciliation, where it's our job to help reconcile the world to Christ, but also to reconcile people to each other. And we were kind of talking about Absolutely. that before you got Absolutely. here. Absolutely, yeah. About as, as men and leaders in particular, mm-hmm. when do we make the choice of walking away from that at some point? Or, in your case, you're a deacon. So you you see that, but but you're in a leader leadership position. <clears throat> so I have no doubt you're called in... To situations like that, to reconcile for people. Um, well, I mean, to some degree, but I mean, reading the scripture in itself, you know, sure, I am a deacon, and that is something, you know. But God wants us to be an ambassador to do that, and that's each of us, you know. So right. take the deacon part out of it, and it's something that we are supposed to look for, um, you know. Especially ambassadors and all that have been on the local news and all of that recently with different things going on. And, you know, when I think of just that 
position, you know, an ambassador. They're representing the United States or whatever their country is. And their job is to portray the best light of whomever they're an ambassador for. You know, so hopefully they bring the best of the United States to whatever or to get country. That, or to get their country's position across. Right, right. And, and it just implied, and this is probably a, a, a good point for you, Judge, that that person, being an ambassador, carries with it a certain rank that is up there, that is to be looked up to. I mean, you're, if you're an ambassador, you are a somebody. And so if you're an ambassador trying to get people to reconcile, you need to be a person that exhibits that. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree. And, and uh, go back to something real simple I always like to Reconcile to me means resolve conflict. In the case of an ambassador where we have nation against nation or nation with nation, you're trying to represent the interests of your own country that their interests will not be lost. So it's a whole different subject there where we're trying to represent or, rec uh, or, or resolve conflicts in favor of Christ. They're trying to represent their own country or politics in other words. But you will always use a person of high rank, like you said, right. who, is to, who you think or believe will impress the other country wherever they are ambassador to. Am I correct? Is that what you're getting? That, that okay. is exactly what I'm, what okay. I'm thinking. Well, I, I, I wrote down some notes here, and, and, and what you do you, when you're trying to reconcile for Christ, we're trying to resolve the conflicts, and we're talking about levels with family, right? Our own family, our mm -hmm. friends, our adversaries, and our enemies, right? And then you could probably name some more if you wrote down and penciled things out. And those are all different levels of representation we, we must deal with. And, and, and we start from the position, I'm reconciled to Christ. My, God has removed all the conflict between us. Now it's my choice what I do with it, right? And hopefully we've turned to Him and given Him our life. Well, what you described to me with those four points is like dropping a stone in water and mm -hmm. the influences of each ring the ring being the ripple, the, the ripple, ripple yeah. right ripple out yes. the the first one being the family that that that's Absolutely. the part that's the part that is closest to you Absolutely. that adversarial mm -hmm. relationships mm -hmm. in the family will affect you more deeply than any of those others. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And in fact, now that you mentioned that, I left one out, which would be people you don't know, but are not necessarily an adversary or an enemy or a friend. So I've got another ground, another point that would be in there, and that's people you meet and deal with every day. Uh, and it could be want? online. You, you know what I'm saying? I absolutely. mean, it doesn't have to be. No, it's any influence. Well, it's any yes. influence. In, in, absolutely. In today's world with social media, yes. it's going yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are, exactly. there are, question. Well, and there are, there are times in today's world where, as a man, your first impetus is to respond on social media. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. but you, I, I always have to take a pause. Right. For a moment before I do that on social media and say, okay, 
If I do anything here, how is it going to be viewed by other people that see it? Absolutely. And think it through. And how will it get painted by someone who knows me casually, but knows I'm a Christian casually? Right. Or how will it be portrayed? You know, if somebody at, at one time, I have a profile picture that I've used on Facebook. It's one of my Christmas ones that I use. Well, it's a couple of years ago, my wife and I, and fam- my wife decided she wanted to do family photos. But by then, we had been married 20-something years and had two older children. And she said, we're doing something different and creative. And it's hilarious because she's explaining this to the kids, and I'm behind her. And she says, we're going to go down to Galveston, old-time photos, and we're doing Civil War photos. Yeah. And I see both my kids open their mouths, and I'm just behind them doing the... Ain't gonna di- di- right. zip it up, guys. So we get down there and we're ready to do it. And I look at the guy and I say, "What's the highest ranking officer you have?" He says, "I have a Confederate general. Give me the coat, because I'm not gonna be outranked. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm the man. I'm the leader. I'm not gonna be outranked." So we did a Confederate photo shoot. Well, we had a state rep that I had some pretty serious disagreements with in our area, who happens to be African American. And before I put any comments about him, anybody want to make a guess what I did? Change my profile photo. Because right. I'm like, I, I, just, I, absolutely. I just don't want any, you know, the, why did I choose the Confederate right. uniform? Because right. it was the highest ranking one I could get. Right. had nothing to do with anything else. But I'm right. like, right. but it's one of those you have to think through. And that's, oh, yeah. and that's part well, of reconciliation, what you're talking about, Mike. Right. As you go through, you have to think through the different statements you make on social media to your friends in person. Because part of that reconciliation ministry we have is also not to make relationships worse. Or the ambassador part of Christ mm-hmm. comes in, we represent him. Not to portray him in a bad light. Right. As a part of it. Ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Absolutely. Discretion Mm -hmm. is the better part of valor. Okay, and there's any number of things like that. As men, you display your leadership more by restraint than by action in this day and age. The quality of your restraint. And understand this. Don't sweat the small stuff. And in the big picture, the vast majority of it is small stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and being a man, you're being looked at. You're setting the tone for leadership. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everyone around you looks at you constantly. Mm-hmm. And even people right. that, don't that don't know you. And, and that, you, there's, you don't know. There's so many people out there that don't have strong fathers. For example, on my block, there's only three families that have <coughs> children where the original mother and father with their yeah. children are the only ones in the home. I, On my whole block, only three. I, I was going to say, that's actually a high statistic I nowadays. Thought, I thought so, too. Really? Yeah, really. I mean, really, that, that was... Because I can tell you on my street right now, we're the only ones. Wow. And your kids are gone. Wow. And your kids yeah. have moved yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So, I, there's, there's, yeah. so there's none. And I'm telling you, and here's another thing that's weird, is that... Some of those younger children look at me as if I'm the 
dad block in the dad of the block. Yeah. But you know what? I can't accept that role because of the the way social media and and perception is. I'm a leader. I portray leader, but I lead my family. Mm-hmm. That's and I I'm a leader at my job in the work environment, but I can't afford to be to unduly influence other people's children. Mm-hmm. You can't as a man in this environment, you can't risk it. Yeah. No. And it's sad. It's sad, but but that that is a reality. Absolutely. You know. Um, so men, uh, this is a this is a very good study. Okay. Mike, go yeah, ahead. a couple go things ahead. right quick. Go, yeah, do which, it. which Robert and I were talking about earlier. First of all, the, the last sentence of our lesson, we are looking at a book, folks, as we as Bill has told you several times, we're looking at Connect 360. And the whole book is about lessons on call to serve. And of course, serve the Lord is the the uh, uh, the phrase that's not written in there, but serve is the, is the uh, main part of the book. And the last sentence in our lesson was Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. And this is our calling to be ambassadors of reconciliation for Christ through our thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions. And what I asked Robert earlier, and, I, and we brought this up in class, is, is, is there a point at which you stop trying to reconcile conflict. In other words, if somebody somebody comes against you and, and you try to reconcile the conflict, but it's not working, do you stop? In other words, casting pearls before swine, or do, do you... Uh, we read that, that Christ died for us since he loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Do we give our life trying to reconcile conflict, or do we stop being men at some point at which we see that our reconciling is not effective any longer. Let me throw... It absolutely does. And I'm going to throw this out to you. And there's there's two definite answers in my book for this. If it's family, you never stop. You never never stop with family, okay? And to use a quote from... uh, uh, Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glen Ross, ABC, always be closing, okay? If you're a manager and men, it's leadership is a lot of management, okay? A, it's not ABC, it's ABT. Always be training. And vary that training, continue to train, and that and you can throw reconciling in it. Always try to reconcile until that person tells you they aren't interested. Well, and and in in my world, because you're right, it's always training. We always look at it in three ways. If I've got a bad performing employee, I either have a bad job fit, someone who wasn't trained correctly, or as I told Mike earlier, they're just a screw up. They're they're just a bad guy. They're never going to do whatever. If it's retraining, you retrain and you train and you train and you train. If, you, if training doesn't eventually correct the problem, as you said, sometimes they turn away, then at that point, it's a bad job fit, and that means, hey, guess what? You're doing the company and Yourself. them. Yourself. Exactly. No, and them, yes. actually, because 
if, if you ever worked a job that's a bad job fit for you, Absolutely. I'm not talking about you need a job in college. I'm talking about... Hated driving into it. Hated driving home to it. it from it, it. Yes. Hated every yes. moment I was inside yes. the building. Yes. Yep. Right. Been yes. there, done that. We're yep. you're, you're doing you and them a favor. And if it's right. and if they're just a total screw up in life, and there are those out there, trust me, you're actually doing the company a favor, and you may hopefully, hopefully, you're doing them a favor because hopefully they're going to get hit with the two by four upside the head with this. Mm -hmm. To understand, right. hey, I've got to do something better, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it and it really is getting to that point. So you face what you say? You face reality and reconciliation. Yes, Abs absolutely. Yes, Kyle, your thoughts on that? Just the lesson in itself, you mean? Absolutely. You know the the last <clears throat> last line, here, verse, whatever you want to call it here. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does it look like to be the righteousness of God? I mean, that's a tall order when, when I think of that. I mean, you are portraying everything godly in, in, in my head anyway right. when I think of the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. all right. yeah, what would it be like to actually become that not to say we don't all aspire to it and we may reach I, part of it every now getting, and then but totally getting there getting there and staying but, but and here's, here's my point at men and at particular moments I absolutely believe we are oh, yeah. we, we are the only righteousness of God that people see at times, at times. And hopefully this podcast will make those times more frequent. So we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna to wind this up. And I just want to get some more uh, final comments. And uh, we'll go to the, uh, the professor next. Um, just going to read Colossians 1.20 and let it go at that. Kind of talking about the same thing. God was pre pleased to bring all things back to himself. That's because of what Christ has done. These things include everything on earth and in heaven. God made peace through Christ's blood by his death on the cross. Just another verse that talks about reconciliation and really, to me, really brought it home. Beautiful. Um, judge. All right. Uh, folks, as we've mentioned so much now, uh, the purpose of, of Christ's death on the cross was to bring us back into a right relationship with God. And then in turn, we are to bring ourselves in a right relationship with others and then with other people as well. And the author of our lesson says that Christ's followers continue his ministry. And that's us, Christ's followers, folks. Continue his ministry by helping others find a right relationship with God as well as enjoy a right relationship with others. Excellent. This has been the Man Up Podcast, and I'd like to, uh, to close us with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, it's an honor to come before you and to be heard by all those men out there that may be hurting. We pray for our panelists, Mr. Steve Titch, as he recovers from injuries from his accident in his home, and also the unspoken prayers and needs that are out there and 
among our panel and the people that are out there listening. Yes. We're here for you. And we also pray that you men here in this room and listening out there understand that you are the ambassador. You have been chosen mm -hmm. to reconcile and to be a conduit for reconciliation in your circle of influence. And that might start with yourself and God. And we pray that it does. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been the Man Up podcast from Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. We encourage each of you men out there to get in a Bible-based church. Find a men's group that will support and encourage you and make you a leader. And if there isn't one, start one yourself. This is Man Up. We're available on podcasts, also on iTunes, and we will see you next week. Good evening. Good evening. You've been listening to Man Up. You want anything. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.